Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. You know, last week, obviously a big win. Anytime you get a, a, a win and it, again, in a rivalry game at home was fantastic. Our, our fans did an amazing job. We need to have that uh, same type of atmosphere this Saturday, you know, to continue to make the Swamp the toughest place to play in college football for, for visiting teams and that, uh, that imposing, uh, that uh, intimidating atmosphere that our, our fan base brings. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing the latest matchup in the Swamp on Saturday against Towson. It will be UF's final non-conference game before they get into their SEC slate. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we're going to give you five things to watch for Florida Towson on Saturday. In the second segment, I'll make my score prediction and bring you some comments on this game from Mullen and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. And in the final segment, I'll list my SEC power rankings and preview the slate of games for week five. But let's start this show with our five things to watch for Saturday's game between Florida and Towson. Now, usually this segment is five keys to the game, but there aren't really keys for the Gators in an FCS matchup, although Towson will be a tougher test than UT Martin. Number one for the Gators, and it's something that we've been monitoring every week with this team, and that is how many rushing yards will the Gators have on Saturday. It's been a struggle all season long. Florida found some success in the fourth corner against Tennessee, but for most of that game and the matchup against Kentucky, Florida could not run the ball with their backs. They also struggled in the season opener against Miami. UT Martin has been the only game where the Gators have gotten production on the ground. They had over 200 yards rushing against the Skyhawks, and we're able to get several guys in the rotation. And I think that that's the same type of output that you want to see on Saturday. LaMichael Pirine is still trying to get it going in his senior season. He's played in four games and still hasn't eclipsed the 200-yard mark for the year. So this should be a matchup where he can get some yards on the ground. And I'd like to see them get Damian Pierce and Malik Davis more involved in the rotation as well. The second thing to watch on Saturday is how much more will we see from redshirt freshman quarterback Emory Jones. He got a lot of action last week against Tennessee with Felipe Franks out and Kyle Trask making his first career start. UT Martin was another game where we saw a lot of Jones, but so far in 2019, he has not thrown the ball much. When he gets into the game, it's usually to hand it off. He has thrown some screen passes and made a few other plays, but Mullen has kept it really conservative with him in the game and against the Vols, as we talked about this week, he called the same plays that he did for Trask. So he hasn't been opening up the playbook with Jones, but will we see some things from him on Saturday that we haven't yet to this point? Does he air it out in the passing game and launch a deep ball? Does he do some other things in the backfield as far as keep it in the run game or do a shovel pass? Those are all things that I'll be looking for on Saturday. On the opposite side of the ball, the third item to watch for in this game is Towson quarterback Tom Flacco. He is the younger brother of NFL QB Joe Flacco, and he is putting up some numbers this year. He's already thrown for over 1,000 yards this season. And last week against Villanova, which was Towson's first loss of the season, a 52-45 result in overtime, Flacco threw for 304 yards, and then on the ground, he rushed for 110 yards on 13 carries. So he's not only a guy that can beat you with his arm, but he'll try to make some plays with his legs as well. So I want to see how many total yards can Florida limit him to. The fourth item that I'll be watching out for is special teams plays. We have not seen much from the Gators this year. You had the fake punt in the season opener against Miami on Florida's opening drive. And Evan McPherson has been taking care of business in the kicking department. But Florida hasn't been able to get anything going in the kick return game or the punt return game. 
Freddie Swain has been contained pretty well fielding punts. And Tyra Cleveland is really the only one that's had a kickoff return of note. So on Saturday against Towson, against an overmatched FCS team, can UF take advantage of the speed and athletes they have and make a big play on special teams? And the final thing to watch out for, anytime that you have a game like this, will be the freshmen. Are there any that's going to stand out? Will there be some more first-year players who step up against the Tigers Earlier this season against UT Martin, you had the big performance from Jacob Copeland. He got his first career touchdown catch. You also saw the trio of freshman corners make plays in that game, including Kyer Elam coming down with an interception. And if Florida can take business early in this matchup, get a big lead going into the locker room, it should give more freshmen an opportunity to get playing time in the second half. And this will be one of the last chances that those guys get to see the field because once SEC play starts, those reps are going to be a lot harder to come by. I'd like to see Jacob Copeland get the opportunity to do more in this offense. And on the defensive side of the ball, in that front seven, I want to see some of those freshman defensive linemen and linebackers get some more PT against the Tigers. When we come back from this first break, I'll give you my score prediction for Saturday's game, as well as some comments from Mullen and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back into the show, and it's prediction time for Florida Towson. The Gators haven't given up more than 21 points this season, and I don't think that's going to happen Saturday against the Tigers. I know that Flacco is a really talented quarterback, but he has not seen a defense and a secondary like Florida's going to bring to the table. I do think that he'll have some successful drives. But if the Gators give up more than three scores to this offense, I'll be surprised considering they held Miami and Kentucky to 20 and 20 points respectively. On the offensive side of the ball, Florida hasn't hit the 50-point mark yet this season, and I don't think that they'll keep their starters in long enough on Saturday to do that. I expect Kyle Trask and the first-team offense to be really efficient, just like they were against Tennessee. Obviously, you want to have an outing where you don't have any turnovers, so that'll be a goal for him after having three against the Vols. But Trass and the offense shouldn't have any trouble finding success against the Tigers. I do think that you'll see a lot of backups and freshmen in the second half. And at the end of the day, I think Florida's going to pull away with a 49-14 win on Saturday. When Florida coach Dan Mullen met with the media this week, he discussed the Towson Tigers and what type of challenges that they bring to the table. Here's what Mullen had to say about one of the top teams in FCS, as well as what he wants to see from his starting quarterback on Saturday. Well, it's uh, their school and in Maryland, near the Baltimore area. They're a very good football team, you know, when you look at them. And, you know, obviously playing one of the best conferences uh, in their division, um, you know, the Colonial Athletic Association. I mean, got a lot of great football teams uh, and a lot of depth. Probably, you know, I mean, really similar to the probably SEC with the depth that their conference has uh, of great football teams. Uh, they're a top 10 nationally ranked team. And when you look at them, um, very, very sound football team. Um, solid football team, back to back to front. You know they're, you know they got they got a couple of guys that have transferred in, but really they're kind of a homegrown built team where they um, develop players, have a veteran group that's out there on the field with some older players. They being a top ten team, they know how to win. They expect to win, um, and you can see that on how they play and how they, you know, they are in games. I know they lost a really tough one to. Uh, tough game in overtime to Villanova this past week, who's another excellent team within their division um, and in their conference. So, you know, it's not one of those where they're going to have like a one or two, like a transfer player that just 
whoa, you know, is 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 different. But front to back and top to bottom, their roster is very solid uh, with within their players and how it's been built to be a championship and a top ten level team within their division. What do you see of Joe, uh, Joe Flacco's brother? Ah, uh, but they can put up numbers now. I mean, they are an explosive offense, and uh, you know they do a good job. They mix up personnel,s uh, give you a bunch of different. They'll give you different looks, um, but they have yet to play a game this year where they haven't put up big numbers. So um, you know they have, uh, they run again. It's 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 you know it's an, it is a group that understands their system, understands their offense, executes it extremely well, and uh, they distribute the ball around and and and. You know, I mean, they're they're a very very good football team. What's Kyle need to do to build on that performance? And is it good to get one more game in here before kind of the SEC onslaught you guys have coming up? Well, um, yeah, well, I'll get a lot more games in, right? You always want to be prepared, but we have a tough schedule. We we have you know, um, I think three of our next five games are against top six or six teams or top seven teams in the country. Uh, I don't know many people who have that sort of stretch going right now. Um, but that's part of being the Southeastern Conference, and uh, that's what's fun to go play in. So I, I think Kyle just continue. I mean, he, he, he continue on the path that he's on. I think, he, you know, hopefully uh, this week, he, you know, I think obviously everybody's seen within his preparation, he prepares the right way in, in getting into a game, and he's going to be ready for that moment. I think the, you know, the biggest thing to build on is his experience, him being out there on the field uh, in every situation, you know, managing the clock, managing, the, you know, the play clock. Uh, making sure we're getting right to all the right checks, being comfortable on how he's using cadence to his advantage uh, within his communication to the receivers and the offensive line, you know, and then and decision making, you know, when to, hey, when to, I'm going to take a sack, I'm going to throw this away, this play's not there, I'm not going to try to make something happen that's not there. All of those things that just, those are a lot of experience things, and so the more experience you get, the better you're going to be. Now we're going to bring you some defensive perspective from D coordinator Todd Grantham. He also met with the media this week, and his unit in the last two times in the Swamp has had a shutout and only given up a field goal. But again, Flacco and the Tigers will be a tougher test for them than UT Martin and maybe even more of a threat in the passing game than the Vols were. Here's what Grantham had to say when he met with reporters about getting ready for this week's matchup. I think we've done a good job of working to get better every week. Um, not just on the playing field, which in the games we have, but also the way we prepare, kind of understanding our roles and how we may have to play because, you know, guys are playing more than one spot. Um, so overall, I've been pleased with our progress and what we've done, and we got to continue to work and improve. And really it's about us getting better each week to play to our standard. Can this be an elite defense when you guys are healthy? Well, I mean, we just got to continue to play. It really doesn't matter. Whoever's available is going to play. And, um, you know, the bottom line is we just got to find ways to win games. How are the younger guys who've had to fill in suddenly performing? I think they've done a good job. I mean, when you look at the corners, I think they've all really progressively gotten better. Um, been pleased with all their progresses. Um, then when you look up front, I think Chris and uh, Mamu have both done you know, a good job, uh, been able to get some quality reps and, and uh, give us some production. So, you know, I've always had a theory that injury creates depth, meaning that sometimes you play guys probably more than you would because you're forced to. So then when other guys come back, now all of a sudden you got a little more depth. So, um, you know, we'll continue to take that philosophy and um, play with the guys available. Speaking of that, having Jeremiah Moon and Grenard on the field at the same time, is that mm -hmm. partly because Zuniga's out, or do you like that combination? Um, I always like to rank guys and say who are our best 11 players. 
and then how we get our best 11 players on the field. Because defense is about making plays. You know, it's about beating blocks. It's about covering one-on-one. -on -one, it's about running the ball. It's about tackling. I mean, scheme's great, but at the end of the day, it's about players making plays. And, you know, we're just going to try to find ways to put the best combination of players on the field relative to, you know, who's available. And that's really all that was. How fast has Noon grown? He really seemed to be – Yeah, I think that – game, seemed to be everywhere. Yeah, he, he, he's really an explosive, twitchy guy. Um, that's done a great job in the off season, his preparation as far as in the weight room, you know, with his nutritionist to, to make sure that he's gaining weight and, and, and becoming stout. Um, uh, I mean, I think the guy's unbelievable. I love the guy. I mean, he, he just busts his tail and uh, does everything you ask him to do. He's always ready to work, and uh, it kind of shows up on the field. Hogan and Diabate, what have they done to kind of catch the attention? What kind of ceiling do they have, do you think? Uh, they're well, they're young players that are playing relative to the situation we're in. Uh, they've embraced the situation and made plays, and they've been productive. So, you know, we'll continue to use them as needed, and um, they got bright futures here. Bernie's versatility. Yeah, that was, yesterday. I mean, um, that's why you got to cross train guys because, you know, the fourth play of the game, Ventrell goes down and the way the game shaped up in 11, it was more of a passing situation. And, you know, he becomes a, an athlete, you know, in there, you know, playing the routes and doing that kind of thing. And he played there really all spring and he, and he knows how to play it. So I think that's just an, another example of why you have to cross train guys to get your best 11 guys on the field. Uh, Cedric Brunson was a guy that you pointed to before mm -hmm. even the season as a mm -hmm. guy that you were impressed with. Yep. He had a lot of reps on Saturday yeah. after Miller went down. How impressed with you were I was impressed with his work ethic. I mean, um, you know, guys that work hard and continue to grind and embrace coaching um, are going to find ways to get on the field. And that's all I saw with him was a guy that embraced our coaching, uh, continued to work hard every day to get better. And you kind of saw it in practice. And the good thing was, is he was able to take the practice reps and the production to the field and, you know, play for us. How big of a weapon could Bernie's speed be for you? Well, I mean, Bernie's an athlete, so anytime you can add speed to the field, it gives you flexibility in what you do from a coverage pressure standpoint. Now it's time to give my latest SEC power rankings and look ahead to the week five slate. Not a lot of great games out of conference this weekend. You got number 10, Notre Dame, Hosting number 18, Virginia, USC goes on the road at Washington. That's another top 25 matchup. But outside of that, not much intrigue for the matchups this weekend. In the SEC, you do have a couple games taking place that should be competitive. But let's look at the power rankings. Number one, still at the top, is Alabama. They got a 49-7 win last weekend over Southern Miss. And this weekend, they play another team from Mississippi as Ole Miss comes to town to face the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. Number two is Georgia, a big win last weekend over Notre Dame, 23-17. I give the Fighting Irish credit. They were a lot more competitive in that game than I thought that they would. Kirby Smart kind of kept it conservative there in that second half and maybe made it closer than it should have been. But UGA finds a way to get the win and stay undefeated. They will have a bye this week. At number three still is LSU after a 66-38 win over Vanderbilt last week. Joe Burrow and the Tigers continue to stay hot offensively. Vandy was coming off a bye week, but that didn't give them any help in this matchup. And now LSU gets a bye on Saturday. At number four, I move Auburn up two spots after their 28-20 win over AM. And I give Gus Malzahn and his team a lot of credit. I did not think that they were going to win that game in College Station. I really like Kellen Mond and what he has offensively with Jimbo Fisher running the show. But that Auburn defense, especially the front seven, is really tough to go against. And now they've gotten their second big win this season. I still got Florida at number five after a 34-3 win over the Vols. 
Obviously, the Tigers and the Gators are going to battle out next weekend to see who really is the fourth best team in the league. But obviously, Auburn to this point in the season has had the better wins on their schedule. Number six, I move A&M down two spots after their loss to Auburn. They will host Arkansas this week and try to bounce back against the Razorbacks. Number seven, I got Mizzou after a 20-point win over South Carolina. They beat the Gamecocks 34-13. to And the Tigers have done a good job bouncing back from that season-opening loss to Wyoming. Kelly Bryant starting to come into his own at his new program. At number eight and number nine, I got those spots flip-flop after Mississippi State was able to get a win over Kentucky 28-13. to And props to the Bulldogs after they lost at home to Kansas State and Kentucky played Florida really tough. I was expecting the Wildcats to get a win in that game. But Joe Moorhead's team finds a way to get the win. And now they take their show on the road this weekend to Auburn. Kentucky will also be on the road this week playing against a team that I have in my number 10 spot. The South Carolina Gamecocks after their loss to Mizzou. This is going to be a tough season for Will Muschamp because he lost his quarterback. I like what I've seen so far from Halinski, but this is a tough league to go through as a true freshman quarterback. We'll see if the Gamecocks can get a win at home against Kentucky this weekend. Still at the number 11 spot, even though they suffered a loss, is Ole Miss. Cal came in and beat them 28-20 to last Saturday. The Rebels really struggling early on the season. They also had the loss to Memphis, and things aren't going to get any easier for them on Saturday as they got to go to Tuscaloosa and play. And I would move Mississippi down a spot or two, but the problem is the teams below them keep losing as well. You had Vandy at number 12 falling big to LSU. They're going to play Northern Illinois this weekend. At number 13, I got the Tennessee Volunteers after their 31-point loss to Florida, and they need a bye week in the worst way. Jeremy Pruitt and his staff are going to get it this weekend. they got to go back to the drawing board and figure out what they can do to try and salvage this season and potentially his job. And in the last spot, just an embarrassment to the SEC right now, is Arkansas. They lose to San Jose State 31-24. to Early on in the season, I thought Tennessee might be the worst team in the league, but it is without a doubt the Razorbacks, and they're going to get throttled this weekend when they go to Texas A&M. The Aggies are going to want to bounce back after that loss to Auburn, and Arkansas is the perfect matchup to do that. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we gave you five things to watch for the Florida-Towson game on Saturday. In the second segment, I gave my score prediction for the game and brought you some comments from Mullen and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. And in the final segment, I gave my latest SEC power rankings and previewed the week five slate for college football. When we come back on Monday, we will recap Saturday's game, see how UF did in those five areas that we were watching for, and grade this football team's performance over the Tigers. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.